First, let's go to our top story, and it jumps back into a courtroom where broker liability in a trucking accident is being debated. John Kitchen, our editor-at-large, joins us now to talk about it. John, another page in this legal battle back and forth to see if a, a broker essentially is liable in a fatal or in at least an accident that has uh, catastrophic consequences. Yeah, there's a big win for the brokers. Uh, it was a case involving Coyote Logistics. It also had the sort of unique, unique spin on it that it also involved double brokering, though the double brokering doesn't seem to have taken into account. Uh, it really wasn't a factor in the final decision. So let's lay out the case here. Um, we've had several cases here where a, a broker has hired a carrier and something bad happens, an accident. Uh, in one case, uh, somebody was left a quadriplegic. Another one, somebody was killed. In this case, two people were killed. Uh, so Coyote hired a company named Golf Transportation, which double brokered it into a company called, I believe is O'Reilly. Uh, the, there, there were multiple drivers in it, but but the, the key thing here is that, that the, the driver who was carrying the cargo, which was soup between Oregon and uh, upstate New York with a stop in Chicago, got into a fatal accident. Two people were killed. Uh, lawsuits were filed and Coyote was made a defendant. Uh, Coyote argued that the Federal Aviation Administration Authorization Act, the legendary F4A, uh, which is uh, intended to keep states from doing from passing down regulations that affect federal deregulation of trucking, that they were that they were blocked from being prosecuted or being you know a party to this suit uh, under F4A. Uh, they won. They won in a uh, case in the Middle District of Illinois, um, and uh, so this is yet. There have been far more victories for brokers on this issue than there have been defeats. However, there is out there the one very large, significant defeat in the case of Miller versus C.H. Robinson. Uh, Miller versus C.H. Robinson, which was a loss for, for Robinson, uh, was, uh, put, was put before the Supreme Court, their request of certiorari uh, in the same batch of requests that included AB5. Uh, so that would have been June 2022. Um, the Supreme Court denied certiorari. Uh, we recently have had a case uh, known as the Yee case, uh, where the widow of somebody who was killed by a truck, you know, sued the broker. The broker was uh, the broker was Global Trans. Uh, with Global Trans was ruled to be not a uh, correct party to it because of uh, F4A. Um, the appellate court upheld that. Now the the legal industry co that, that that deals with three PLs is looking at yet one more conflict here. You've got Miller versus Robinson, which is a loss for brokers, and you have the Yee case. Uh, which was a win for brokers. And what their hope, and, and the Yee case, I've just learned this and I just added this to our story this morning. The Yee case was submitted for certiorari before the Supreme Court about like last week, okay? So, um, or two weeks ago. So what this means is that the Supreme Court now has two cases where the circuits are in conflict with each other over broker liability and F4A. So what, what the, 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 the sort of transportation bar is hoping for here is that there will be that, that the Supreme Court will take this up and settle this once and for all. You know, we may have to wait till June to see that. As you know, a lot of these certiorari requests just sort of uh, hang out there and uh, get acted on in the final days of the court's term. So anyway, that's a lot going on. But I can tell you that the brokerage industry considers this issue to be existential. So, of course, it has massive impact depending on what the Supreme Court decides to do, whether they take it up or not take it up. But I want to double click on that double brokering issue, because as we've talked about this a lot, obviously double brokering is something that is a problem in our industry. But as we know, 
it's not necessarily trackable and punishable by actual criminal activity. When we see this now be put into a case where we're talking about broker carrier liability, is that maybe an avenue for this issue of, of double brokering to actually be looked at underneath potential criminal activity and fraud? And could that maybe play into a role of the liability here? I don't think so. As I read this, if I extracted all the parts from it, uh, all the, the things in the decision about the second company, O'Reilly, uh, and let's say that let's say that stuff just disappeared, and um, and uh, excuse me, Coyote had brokered the load to Golf Transportation, and Golf Transportation was involved in the accident. I don't think there really would have been any difference. But I have to tell you that the reading in the case of what happened with the double brokerage just just leaves your head spinning because there's two drivers involved. There's only one driver involved in the accident, but there's two drivers involved in moving the the freight and nobody's ever heard of them. Okay, Um, and uh, it's just a mess. And Coyote didn't find out about the accident for two weeks and companies are claiming to never have heard of this guy or this company. It's just it's sort of amazing that the freight ever got. Well, I don't know if it did get there. Of course, it was an accident. It's amazing that the freight ever, uh, ever, uh, you know, uh, made it as far as it did. Let me say that there's really no allegations here of criminal activity. I mean, double brokering is not necessarily illegal. I mean, if if, if you broker, a, if you're a broker and you broker a, a load into me and then I turn around and give it to somebody else. OK, that may be in violation of my contract. And I'm not allowed to do that. Maybe I didn't properly inform you of it, but it's not per se illegal. Nothing got stolen here, nothing like that. So um, this was a double brokering that shows, if not necessarily illegality, just an incredible amount of disorganization. And, you know, you, you look at the visibility industry and in trucking and, you know, you, you can see why it's needed. Because I, I got the sense that there were times that uh, Coyote didn't even know where this truck was. And um, so it's, it's almost sort of, I'm almost like a comic relief in reading some of this, but I really don't think it had much to do with the final decision, the final legal decision regarding broker liability. John, I think it's interesting that uh, F4A is not a new law. So this is not something that's just kind of come up and we're just trying to decide this now. It's been around for quite some time. But as you look at this, again, there are little bits of ambiguities here between C.H. Robinson, between Coyote, between the E case, slight differences here and there. Are we really getting it down to just splitting hairs at this particular point and we need a high court to figure it out because there are intricacies in each case that makes each one a little bit different? All right. I, I, I haven't read the, the Miller versus Robinson case in a while, so I'm, I'm pulling from memory here. But there is also something in F4A called the safety exception, which basically right. means that F4A does not pr- protect the broker or others or you know, the trucking company, the carrier, whatever, does not protect the carrier. Um from a state prosecution if they do something really egregiously wrong. Uh, in this case, there was a, uh, in this case, the court said, well, the safety exception doesn't apply to Coyote because Coyote is not a motor carrier and the safety exception is to be applied only to motor carriers. So um, I, I almost have to go back and look at why Miller versus Robinson was found in favor of Miller and not in favor of Robinson. But the bottom line is that's out there as a, as a, as a case that, that the brokerage industry considers to have a grave threat if that becomes kind of like the, the overriding precedent. Where all these other ones like Yee, um, like Coyote, there's a case involving uh, a theft of cargo involving Landstar, which also involved F4A. That's another one. You, you read it, you wonder, how does cargo ever get to where it's going? Just crazy. Um, and uh, those are all in favor of the brokerages. 
So, yes, I do think the nine uh, ladies and gentlemen in the Supreme Court might want to settle this one out. And, of course, we're going to have to wait until summer 2024 to figure that out. John Kingston, thank you for joining us this morning. Great to have you as always, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. All right, let's move over to the wall for our first care update of the morning. 